So it's really hard when you hear all this really great advice. You know, you've been on YouTube, you've been on Instagram. Everybody seems to be improving themselves. Everybody seems to be making themselves better. And here you are stuck in the same place day after day, week after week, month and year after year. And you're starting to maybe feel like it's hopeless. Why does everyone, you know, a better life than me or you know why are things working out for them things don't seem to be working out for me maybe they'll never work out maybe it's just not meant to be for me no stop right there sister being hopeless being sad to the levels that many of us are getting is not the way of the muslim but most of us we can't help but feel this way and it's completely understandable we're going through a lot we don't have the help we need and the support we need maybe from our family in ways that we wish, you know, they were a bit better with us or friends or maybe we're alone right now because of COVID or we're isolated in certain ways or maybe, maybe we've just been through a lot and it's getting to us. But guess what? Today's podcast is all about why you should not be hopeless and how to not feel hopeless anymore, even if you're going through something really rough. Let's go. Hello, assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us for the Mindful Muslima Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Mindful Muslima, coming to you twice a week, Mondays and Fridays, with podcasts that you guys personally request. We have been um, DMing with you guys a lot and taking a lot of podcast requests. And if you don't already know, we're in the middle of an entire series on how to improve your marriage. I was honestly, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little bit shocked at how highly interested women were in this topic. I know we have issues in our community. I know that one in three of our marriages, even right here on Muslim marriages in the U.S., they're failing. We know. We know as people in the community and as leaders in the community um, that our ummah is in need of help in this area. But the amount of women who are literally raising their hands publicly and silently going, please help me. I'm really, really in a dark place. I'm really in a difficult place with my husband. Women calling me on the regular about, I think I might need a divorce. Could you give me some advice? And then just going into it with them, um, it's really, really overwhelming. And it's making me think that um, it is something we need to really talk about. So we made an entire series. See, I want you to understand where our series come from. Then as I'm talking to women, I realized that they didn't have any idea of what good marriages look like. Like call after call, I hear women saying, um, you know, I had this really bad, you know, childhood or my parents and my mom, they don't really love each other that much or they're always fighting or my mom and dad are not that practicing or they're more cultural, more than religious or they're this or they're that or whatever the different scenarios are. Bottom line, if I could, you know, say what was similar about all of them, these women, our women, didn't have examples of what good looks like. And here's the problem with not having an example of what good looks like. It means that you don't know what to strive towards, right? You know, when you have a goal, I want to lose 20 pounds, you know, you have a general idea of what your body would look like if you lost 20 pounds. Like, oh, I'll probably like, you know, lose this weight in my waist and in my thighs. Like you've seen people lose weight before. So you generally know what losing weight does. And for women, you know, usually it's like certain areas that we lose the last that we wish we could lose the first, but it is what it is. And it's very common. It's very out there. It's in the public eye. We understand how the whole process goes like many other things in our life, right? 
anything you've done the house for housework, you kind of know how it goes. I do this, this result happens. But here's the thing. When you're trying to make goals in relation to marriage, when you're just trying to wonder why is he not responding to you in the way you need him to, why is he not giving you what you need, all these things that you don't really get how to get him to do it because you've never seen what doing it the right way looks like. So we're we're really, really working on giving what you guys really want and need and have been requesting. And we've been really, really enjoying these private conversations off of the podcast. See, what you may not know is after the podcast, there's an after party. There's a couple after parties, right? The first after party is in Thrive. In the, in the community, we have tons of amazing conversations with women there right? Because so many of our conversations are extended inside of our private um, international community with women because we support them even more there because they'll be like coming on and being like, I want to talk more about this. And then all the women come flooding to support them. And I come in and if I find there's enough need, we, we create an entire workshop around it, invite them all again, all like live stuff, right? And then the other after party is the fact that so many of you guys call me on consultation calls, live calls, where I talk to you about your issues that you heard me talk about on the podcast. So many consultation calls happen because you guys were like, that struck a chord with me. I need to talk about how that's happening in my life right now. And that's how that happens. And then after that, after that, a lot of times also people are DMing me in Instagram saying, sis, can I tell you about a situation I have? And so this is something where I just want you to know so much of what is here is built by you. So thank you because what you ask about once or twice ends up affecting thousands and thousands. I think right now we have something like 1.5 million sisters um, listening, downloading. And so thank you so much for that, Lev, and for your questions for yourself that have helped so many other people. So let's get into the feeling of hopelessness that you might be feeling, all right? I want you to know that your situation can be fixed. You just need to learn how, all right? That's like most of the things in life, I wish women knew it wasn't so personal. It's not like you're broken. It's not like your past is eating you alive. It's like we're just replaying those negative tapes in our head and not learning a new skill set, which is all it takes. So the first thing I just want you to be sure about is that you're going to be okay, no matter what. No doubt, if you've had issues in your marriage or your life, you're probably depressed, you feel powerless, you feel like you have no control. But here's the beautiful thing is that you can take actionable steps to remove yourself from a place of imbalance, from a place of weakness. And in order to basically mobilize yourself to bring more hope and love and long-term security in your marriage, the first thing you need to do is to know and acknowledge that it's okay to take care of your, yourself and it's okay to have a difficult time sometimes. I was telling one sister the other day on the, on the call that I want you to look at your life as a book. Every book has chapters, right? In the beginning, we learn about the characters. Then we find out, you know, they have a problem. Then they go through that problem at one level. They go through that problem at another level. And then in the end, you know, they find some type of a resolution. Yes, that sounds like a fairy tale, but it is also not a fairy tale in very much real life. Because if we really truly believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we are truly Muslims, then we have khawf waraja. We have hope and fear. We have hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and all the good and fear in the sense that we understand the boundaries that we should not cross within ourselves because it is 
our, to our own benefit that we don't cross them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not in need of us, sisters. He tells us things for a reason. There was a, um, I was under a class from uh, Hamid al-Shinami the other day, and he was speaking about the fact that there was this one reference they made to a paper where a doctor giving you medicine, a doctor giving you medicine, right? Him giving you medicine, he's going to do, he's going to tell you, open up and say, ah, right? Open up and say, ah, right? And him giving you the medicine. Sisters, is he benefiting from you taking the medicine or are you benefiting from you taking the medicine? He's saying, I'm going to write this prescription. I need you to take it 10 times a day. When I was saying the doctor, I meant like as a small child, obviously you're not a small child, but you know what I mean? Like somebody prescribing you something that is good for you. It's good for you. It's good for me if I get it prescribed. The person prescribing it doesn't benefit much except for the fact in enjoying and you getting better. And that's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He doesn't need anything from us. He doesn't have some a'udhu billah, like people say who are disbelievers or people who are weak in iman. Like he has some narcissistic tendency where he needs you to do this and that's like he's ordering you around for his benefit, a'udhu billah, as if he's like a man or a human. He's not. He's giving us things as a prescription because they're good for us and they'll benefit us. He doesn't get a benefit directly. It doesn't work like that. So when he tells you to pray, it's a benefit for you. It's a benefit for me. When he tells you to make dua because this and this and this, and we're like, oh, do I really have to do this thing? When he tells you to put a hijab and you're like, oh, this seems like a rule. I'm not sure it's necessary. It is for you because it has a benefit. Not all of us have discovered those benefits yet. Not all of us are privy to the beautiful wisdom, the hikmah behind those prescriptions. But they are there. And most of our struggle is because we don't know what they are. But as we make our, our foundation stronger, our aqidah stronger, you're going to find a beautiful relief in your life from so many things. So number one, you're going to be okay. You have to stand strong. Don't lean too forward when you're standing, right? You're going to fall. You want to have this balance. Don't lean too much to the right. Don't lean too much to the left. Don't get involved in loving something too much, loving something too little. We have to find this beautiful middle way, this balance, and that's why we practice mindfulness. Also, you know, you need to maybe make yourself a mantra in the morning. Enough, say, I am enough. Allah is enough for me. Some people, they actually write this on a post-it and stick it on their mirror. Don't be shy, guys. Put it on your screen on your phone. If you feel like you're going through deep depression or something really dark and feeling hopeless, open it and say, Allah is here for me. I am enough. He is enough for me. Allah is sufficient for me, right? Hasbunallah. It is true. Have that Have that as a little mantra for yourself. Put on a post-it, put on your phone. Just remember that you have to have confidence in that. And just take responsibility from the part of your life or the part of your marriage that is struggling. Take some type of fairness. You know, being, owning your part, owning your detox that you need. You're a little bit quick to anger. You're a little bit quick to be frustrated. You're a little bit quick to everything. It's okay. It doesn't mean you're bad. If anything, it's only going to humble you and increase in your relationship. So what we need to do is we need to first just remind ourselves it's going to be okay. I'm right where I need to be. Allah is watching everything and he is going to help me. He's going to help me even more the more I come closer to him. So number two, what I want you to know is choose to stop living in a state of fear and sorrow. It's okay to be afraid for a little. It's okay to be sad for a little, to be anxious for a little. It's a place to visit, not a place to live. That's really important. 
Because some of us are living in sadness right now. We are living in anxiety. I'm very excited also, again, because you guys have brought this to my attention of what you want. We are going to be doing an entire free masterclass on how to master and battle your anxiety. We're doing that and it's coming out in November. Guys, you have me busy. I cannot make it fast enough. I am loving all your requests and we are myself and my team working on these things diligently. We are literally here to support you, to serve you. And we're really, really glad that you feel humbled enough to and, and trustworthy enough to share that with us. So Jazakumallahu Khairan, I come from a place where I am honored for you. Many sisters divulging their personal difficulties on the phone about their husbands and their infidelity or their husband's addictions to the P word. And, um, you know, many, many things that they're going through that they're shy to tell even a friend that you have told me, a complete stranger that you know, I am here for you because I'm a person who has done this for two decades with thousands and thousands of women. And this is a place where you can be safe. And that's what I want to emphasize here. This is a safe space because everything you talk to us about is completely confidential. No one is sharing that. I don't ever share anything anywhere to anyone. It is an amana, a complete trust between myself and that person according to Islam. So number two, stop living in a state of fear. It's okay to, to visit that place for a moment, but we can't live them. They are Muslims of faith. Do not wallow in deep negative emotions. Put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if that's something you're struggling with, you're not a bad person and you're not a horrible Muslim. It just means you need some tools. You need some help. And that's what we're here for. You can always DM me. You can always book a 15 minute call. Um, go on Instagram at Mindful Muslim or reach out to me or definitely, definitely reach out to my team guys. Anytime we have an entire team of customer service to serve you that we have. Um, it is mindfulness at mindful dash muslima m-u-s-l-a-m-a-h.com we have tons of free resources do not go it alone www.mindful dash muslima m-u-s-l-a-m-a-h.com alone the word of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that he will never leave us things in our life are temporary like the book there's a chapter where it's going to be hard and a chapter of your life where it's going to be easy you just might be in the hard chapter right now but how are we going to move ourselves from one chapter into the next from one level into the next we have to do something and that's the thing women i think we don't realize is that we just keep waiting hoping oh da'a sabr there is a point and a place for that but that's not the be all and end all. And I always think of that um, <laughs> that story of where uh, the man was praying in the masjid and Umar who he came in and the guy was there at the time of Dhar time when it's the time for working. And he said to the guy, what are you doing? Like, you know, Dhar is over, whatever. It's time now where people should go back to work. He said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm in here. I'm supplicating to Allah to help with me, with my condition and this and this and this. And it sounds, mashallah, tabarakallah, this guy's, you know, he's working really hard to supplicate. Omar takes a stick and he starts hitting him. Go back to work. You know, he says like, you know, in a paraphrasing, like, what are you doing? Like, rizq comes from Allah, but you have to actually go out and do something. You don't just sit there with your hands and, you know, you know, in supplication and then do, think amana is going to rain from the sky. This is, this is our mistake. So subhanAllah, what are you doing to fix your marriage? Are you taking any actionable steps? Or are you just like, Hoping and praying it's going to get better. Hoping and praying is amazing. Having hope in Allah is amazing. Having dua is absolutely correct. But after that, what comes next? 
If you don't do that piece, it's like the puzzle that you never finish. And that's why you're still stuck, right? What are you doing to fix it? Have you made a phone call? Have you taken a class? Are you asking for nasiha? Are you like, what are you doing to learn how to do things differently? This is what I had to do. This is why I advocate this for so many women. There is so much to learn around this subject and so many women are suffering for no reason. If I could think of the word, it's unnecessary, unnecessary pain because there are solutions out there that other women have found. Like the sister um, Halima that I talked to the other day, she went through um, an entire, entire program that we set forth and she was just like, why did I suffer for about five years when I didn't even know that there was actually steps just to fix the problem that I had? It was completely unnecessary. And that's where I got the word unnecessary from just now, just remembering that conversation I had with her. And it's true. She's absolutely right. She's like, I suffered for years. I didn't know I could just do ABC because I didn't ever learn that. No one taught me. My parents didn't teach me. There was not like any class. You know, I thought I could just rely on YouTube and Instagram and these cute little insightful things. But guys, there's a reason that scholars actually go to do schools of things in Islam because there's this beautiful, beautiful, Islam is an ocean and we haven't even dipped our toe in the water. It's really true. The level of knowledge that the average person has, even myself included, probably is at levels that are embarrassing compared to the ocean of knowledge, not in an overwhelming way. Not like, oh my gosh, there's so much to learn. It's too hard. No. In the beautiful things that are out there waiting to be discovered, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us. But he can only invite us. It's like the doctor. He can only ask us to take a little medicine. He can't actually force it and shove it down our throat. It's called free will, right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to know that we need to seek help. And you know what? That is our job and only we can do that. So I, I implore you to seek help for yourself. The next thing I'd say to you is if you're feeling hopeless, remember in time when things were difficult and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved you. This is what Rasulullah experienced when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to him Surah Al-Duha, right? He said, you know, remember when you were lost? Remember you were an orphan? I saved you. Here's the thing. When you're going through a really hard time, it's hard to remember the times when Allah saved you. But that's what I implore you to do. There was a time where I was thinking about, um, I was going through something difficult. You guys know I've struggled many times with work. This is why I honestly do not go outside. And it, it was my calling. It was my last straw. I feel like Allah was giving me a message about that because um, I was very, very high in my career. I told you I'm going out there. I'm working with top companies, million dollar companies as a hijabi, as a hijabi. Yes, there are those jobs for you. Okay. I have, I'm a licensed educator. I have a 20 year experience. I'm out there making six figures, doing what we as women dream to be doing as hijabis. Nightmare, okay? So I've been through a lot of things. Go back in my podcast if you don't already know and you're new to us about, um, I think the podcast that was very much on that one was um, how to put mean girls and Fortune 500 companies in their place. It's a little playful title. Enjoy it. It was um, quite the experience. And what I've learned now is I went through something recently recently. See, Allah never stops testing you. And I remember the flooding of anxiety just came back in a second. I could feel the rush in my body. It was the scariest feeling because it triggered me to go back to some of those things. And I went, 
and I could feel myself tense up from something because that's what we have. We have triggers, so many of us. And so much what we do in the emotions program where we actually teach women about how to master their emotions is talking about how to identify your triggers because if you can't identify them, you can't slow yourself down and then respond better instead of reacting to them. And most of us are living in reaction mode, right? Reacting to our husband. He says something that triggered me. Sometimes my husband used to say things that would trigger me from my mother, things that my mother used to do to me that were negative. And my husband would say them and I'm like, oh, and I didn't realize they were just triggers. So as soon as I realized they were triggers, kind of had less to do with him, even though I'm, I'm sure he could have said something in a better way, but he didn't really mean it that way. I was just getting triggered from something from my childhood, right? This is totally normal and what happens to us as women and to men, men as well. And so what happens is I was able to identify through learning how to do this. And that's what I teach women today. And um, I think how to identify those triggers and how to manage them and pull yourself right out. So I did that whole management process, right? I sat there, I went, oh, this is a trigger okay, wait a minute, this is a trigger, that's moraqaba, that's mindfulness. Okay, hold on. Took my 30 seconds, did my little activity to pull myself out of it. Oof, thank goodness, realized that one. I could have definitely went to a weak spiral of depression over that one. And that's what we have to do as women. The power is there. You just have to harness it. You just have to know how to harness it. And so what I wanna say is you can think of that moment where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did something amazing in your life. Remember that moment. So here's the thing. When I had that moment of anxiety, I did many different things to pull myself out of it. One of them was remembering that, oh yeah, this has happened to me two or three times before. That's why I'm getting triggered. But didn't Allah save me from that? Subhanallah. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Let me give Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala credit. Let me in this moment, instead of anxiety, just immerse myself in gratitude to Allah. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, if you are grateful, I will increase you. So what is going to benefit me more in that moment? Going, why Allah, why Allah? Questioning Allah, questioning my existence, getting depressed, or giving gratitude to Allah so he can increase me and help me out of that situation. You see? And because of that, Allah's most gracious, most merciful pulled me right out because I remembered him in that moment in a very different way. So alhamdulillah. So take advice of that. Number four, do your part. Things will not just get better. Just like I told the story of Omar two seconds ago, radiallahu Um, You can do a lot. Now, if you guys, like, I don't know, sister, I don't know how to do it. I don't have a lot of time. I have this crazy situation. Sisters, we can come with excuses until the end of time. This is what the, the people who did not succeed did. And so what we need to remember is that people always were, um, even the stories of the people of Ad and the people of Thamud and the Quran, they were very arrogant. I don't need to do this. I don't need to do that. I'll figure it out on my own. They didn't need a law. They were like, oh, you know, this, they don't know this. Whenever time you're rationalizing why you don't have time or ability to do the right thing, you really have to question where you are within yourself and if you're in the right headspace. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us a natural fitra to want to learn, to want to educate ourselves. That's why the first command was iqra. Why is the first command read? Did you ever think about that? Why is the first command to read? Because when you read, you learn. It wasn't pray, even though praying is extremely important. Why would Allah say, Iqra before read? This is a very deep question and conversation to go into. Not the podcast right now. But what I will hint at is, you can learn a lot. You can learn a lot to improve your life. And in so in turn, create incredible, impactful change just by 
taking on new words, new understandings, new skills. And that's what we strive to do here in Mindful Muslim. We're all about providing you with those skills in an easily accessible way. We serve women who are looking to improve themselves and don't know how to do it. That's what we do. And that's why we're telling you this advice. So going back and reviewing, number one, remember you're going to be okay no matter what. Number two, remember a time when Allah subhanahu wa excuse me, number two, number two, um, realize that you cannot get anywhere if you continue to live in a state of fear and sorrow. We have to pull ourselves out of that. Muslims do not live in deep negative emotions. They can visit there, but they shouldn't live. And if you don't know how to get out, like I said, you can always reach out to me. Number three, remember a time when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put you in a difficult situation, time, or you were in a difficult situation, time, your life was difficult and he saved you, right? Beautiful. Number four, do your part. Do your part. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can only prescribe a prescription for you. He cannot force you to take the medication. He can tell you, pray. He cannot force you. He can tell you, Make du'a for me. I love you. I want to answer your du'a. But if you don't lift your hands because you're too busy, too tired, or have lost hope, he can't help you. Okay? And you can't fix things in your marriage if you are not learning how to fix them. You clearly don't know how to connect with your husband in ways that you want to. He's clearly not loving you the way you want him to. You're clearly communicating poorly. You're clearly not on the same page. What are you learning to fix it? ask yourself, am I really doing all that I could? Could I be doing more? Stop looking, number five, for the why of what is happening and start looking for the what. What are you meant to learn from this experience? What does Allah want you to do to improve your situation? Choose to see the good about your marriage. Muslims don't wallow again in this negative state. They look for what is Allah trying to teach me? What should I be doing next? What next steps can I take to fix my situation? And we don't ever like to leave women hanging. I feel like so much of, and I and I, don't, I feel like we all have really good intentions while we're all out there making um, things for women or things for the Muslims like YouTube videos and, you know, Instagram posts and, you know, whatever it is, TikToks. And, but at the same time, like, I don't think people are given tangible steps. And that's what I'm really big about. And this is why I feel like my educator, this is why I feel like this is my passion and what I'm called to do because I feel like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that I have that dorkish, um, teacher brain, you know, like as a, as a person who has educated women for two decades and, and worked in the public and private sector in the U.S., in Dubai with multi-million dollar companies, like what is the point of all that? That's why I say like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sometimes he, he makes us go through things. He makes us learn things. He makes us acquire certain skill sets because he knows we're going to need them later. And if you've heard my podcast on finding your purpose, you know that I found my purpose. I was working to help a whole bunch of other people. I was you know, making non-Muslims very successful. I was working in huge corporations and I was doing things for nonprofits and and, in ways where I felt in some of the nonprofits were Muslim, some of them were non-Muslim because they had good causes. And I realized in the end that I need to serve my people and I need to take whatever skills Allah gave me that he put me through these horrible situations for a reason and use them to serve my people. And that's why I feel good about this space because I'm like, I'm going to make sure women get those steps we always wanted. I know I went to the masjid when I had a problem. Somebody told me, have patience, and that was really great. And I did that. But what else am I supposed to do? Because I feel horrible now and I can't change this. I can't shake this horrible feeling. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever felt that? That's that. We need that. We need those steps. Who's giving them to us? 
They're not out there anywhere else. I'm looking. I'm promising you. I'm creating a ton of original classes and courses and PDFs for you guys and podcasts because it does not exist. But that's what we're all about here. It exists here. And you're going to get that help. And we promise that's what we're all about. And you're important to us. All right, we're going to quickly close here. Number six, I want you to examine your unrealistic expectations. Sometimes we're building up in our mind um, things about our spouse that are our life and situations that we, we, we really need to examine where those ideas came from. Is our model of what we think is good, quote unquote, or not good actually aligned with the Quran? Is there something else that we're admiring? Are we watching too many Hollywood movies? Are expectations unrealistic? Like if you have a husband from a particular part of the world and they just do not share their emotions in that part of the world and that's part of their culture, maybe our expectations are a little too high. Like maybe I didn't think about that going into the marriage. So now I need to manage those expectations. These are real like total real conversations I have with women, especially from certain communities. I'm not going to call them out because I don't like doing that stuff, but I feel like there's certain communities where men do not express their emotions. They're not going to have a sit down with you. They're going to look at you and go, are you all right? Do you have mental problems? And that's really, that's really the case because that's what they were taught. They were taught that having these communicative type conversations that we know are all part of a good relationship, mental health, part of the Quran and Sunnah, because their culture has taught them otherwise, are going to think we're crazy. And it's not that we're crazy. It's just that that is an, an unrealistic expectation that we're having of them to understand it and that they're not understanding it means they don't love me. Like that is just an unrealistic expectation. So we need to, we need to say, well, what do we do about that, sis? I can never have a great marriage with a guy like that. Nope, not saying that at all. There's some stuff you got to do. You're going to talk about it in that class on October 19th. Make sure you're with this. I'm telling you, there are things you can do. Number seven, change your focus. We're focusing a bit too much on the negative, so it's really hard to see the good in our life. We need to resist just only focusing on what is not working and put ourselves more in a state of gratitude and what is working. That will pull you out of the hopelessness. Again, we have a PDF on that on the website, www.mindful-muslim.com to help you with that type of and do it in the morning. It's a morning priming thing. We have an entire podcast also where one sister was explaining how it life-changing for her. It's just a free four-point PDF um, and how like, you just need to do it in the beginning. And then after a while, you don't need to do it daily, but it just pulls you out of that depressive state. And lastly, study how the Muslims before us had healthy relationships. Really cannot emphasize that enough. It is important to know what good looks like. How could you ever find it? if you don't know what it looks like. It's really like groping around in the dark. And so it's like, a, I'm going to say maybe in the future, it's like it's like um, trying to, you know, do something. Have you ever had that where somebody explains something to you and they tell you to write it or draw it, but you can't actually know what it looks like? To have a picture of a recipe or to have a picture of a photograph or have a picture, something where you can look off of and go, oh, that, you know, you never went to the hairdresser. Ah, you guys are going to connect on this one. Go to the hairdresser and you're like, I want my hair like this. I feel bad for those hairdressers. You're like, yeah, little highlights here. <laughs> they have no idea what you, you're picturing something in your mind. They're trying to picture something in their mind. You know how many people have done my hair wrong <laughs> because of that? Do you know what I do now? I take a picture of my hair when somebody did a great job and I show the next hairdresser and they're like, oh, got it. That's what I want to give you. I want to give you the got it. And I know by the end of the entire program, you'll know exactly I got it. I know what to do with my husband now to get him to feel this for me, to get him to do this, to get him to know this, to get us to connect in this way that we couldn't before. Got it. Now I see the picture. Super clear. 
That's the clarity we want. So you have to put in your due diligence. Don't forget that we're going to dive even deeper on this. Make sure you get a seat in that class. I do not want you to, I, I want you to know why I keep mentioning it because I feel like the suffering women are going through, it's really, really not needed. You could live a better life. I suffered for years. And then when I learned how things could be instead, my, my life is honestly night and day. So I want that for you. Um, I will talk to you in the next one. Definitely know though that you're going to be just fine. You're exactly where you need to be. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves you. He just wants you to do your part. All right? Talk to you in the next one. Assalamu alaikum, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.